program too. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to episode 473 of Film Bastards. My name is Ian Loring, and as always, I'm joined by... Matt Foster. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello, one and all. Uh, Bex is unfortunately not with us today. Um, she is uh, ill. Um, she's all right. She just coughing yeah she's got a she's got a nasty chest infection so she she sounds like an old washing machine constantly and then starts coughing nice nice my she doesn't sound like my washing machine my washing machine plays tunes does it yeah we got we got a new washing machine month or two back it's this samsung one and like all the reviews were like it's great but the noises it makes and the tunes it plays are fucking annoying <laughs> Um, and it's like you can turn off the you can turn off the tunes, but it's like it it just it's quite sing songy when you're selecting programs on it and stuff. And it's just like, all right, we don't need like an eccentric washing machine, Samsung. Like it is <laughs> the most boring household appliance. It's, it's certainly up there. It's like yeah. Tom. Because at least tumble dryers get things warm. Yeah. I mean, like, what's a more boring household appliance? I think a toaster. I think- yeah, but toasters are like, I'm gonna fucking heat this bread up so quick you won't even believe it. The mate. thing is, like, toasters are quite impressive. The thing is, I because Bex always mocks me because I'm very much like. I'm kind of like precious about our washing machine, but not even like the washing machine, but washing in general. Because I do pretty much all of the washing because I have a very, I have like a system for it, and like I'm very proud of my mm. white game. Like, but like Bex would go, you just chuck it in and you chuck a tablet, and I'm like, no, you don't. What the? You heathen. And, and so I have like a system, so my whites come out like crisp. Um, and yeah, it's there's a, a mocking thing. So a guy I used to, who used to work for me um, has just started working as essentially Beck's PA at work. Um, and so the, the, on like his first day, they were sort of chatting, and the, the, because one of the things they had in common apart from work was the fact that uh, that he used to work with uh, for me. Um, and one of the they've, things they've both fucked you. Yeah, 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 that obviously. Um, what the fuck yeah. you work with? Um, and his thing yeah. there is, was apparently he said to Bex, "Is he still obsessed with his white washes?" And Bex like, "Oh my god, does he, t- oh, wow. he talk about it at work?" Which I was like, "Yeah, yeah, he, he's well proud of his white wash." But to be fair, I use that system now, and it's such a good system. <laughs> wow. Is your is your yeah, is your Samsung that one that's got a little drawer in it that you can add things into the wash midway through? No, that's like a that's like a model. Up. Yeah, I I I, I was wondering about. Yeah, that. I nearly got it. I nearly got that one when we got our washing machine when we moved house. Um, except the reason why we didn't is I thought, am I paying like double the cost for a washing machine for a drawer that I might use twice? <laughs> That shit's pretty sweet, man. It's like I um, like we're 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 gonna be remodeling the kitchen as like a going concern next year, and uh, I was looking at fridge freezers, uh, or no fridges, and it's like I wanted one that could dispense ice at the yes. front, and it, and it's just like they're fucking huge, yeah. 
and they're really expensive. And I was very, very disappointed. We're not going to be able to make it work. And I'm somewhat crushed. But we are getting in, an induction hob put in. And I'm very excited about that. <laughs> we're, we're taking out hours and putting in a gas one um, next year. Um, oh, okay. Because um, just because we've, we've got that used to gas that we just prefer it. Um, but, yeah, but the, the I think... You know, you have those those weird things um, that you look at and go, "I've, I always, I, I will, it will be a life achievement for me to have one of these things." And a fridge or a freezer that dispenses ice is one of those. It's a there, there, yeah, it does. There, yeah. there will be. We we will have some American listeners, I think, that are listening to this now, going, "Wait a minute, what? You mean your freezers don't dispense ice? <laughs> they don't in the UK." Because it's no, fucking cold most of the time. But I still kind of want one. And one of the other ones that I had was this really weird. And this is all... I blame I blame movies for this. Right. And it, it's the simplest thing. What I'm going to say, you could do for like under a tenner. But hmm. basically, you know those um, like clear plastic tubs, like the tall ones that you can put like, like cereal in and bits like that? Oh sure, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I I always wanted to just have those, like two or three of those that just had different cereals in, so I'd have different cereal choices. And now we have it, and I've had it for like quite a number of years. The thing is, barely ever eat cereal, but I've got these three things full of cereal, so that they don't look weird. <laughs> but barely ever eat cereal. That shit. That shit feels like too much maintenance to me. <laughs> it's like you got the box of cereal, and then you have to move that box of cereal into another container. Yeah, I, and I I get it. If I could, if I could pay someone to do that, that's it. I I, I'm I heavily I think that would be all like, right. But then again, I, I have microwavable porridge oats for breakfast, the most boring of all breakfasts. Um, so see, I, I I don't like the microwave. I'm I'm mildly scared of the microwave. So I I refuse to use the microwave like completely. I will make mm. anything on a hob if I do not have to use the microwave. Yeah, it's the space oven, isn't it? I, I get it. Genuinely, I get it. Yeah, that's a brilliant description. The space oven. So Bexel passes and go, Can you microwave that? Fuck no. I I will do any Even, other household job right now. I am not microwaving shit. I tell you what, though. Do you know what's a good sloppy hangover food? Go on. Stick a cheese sandwich in the microwave. See, I, I, I will. I will pan that shit easy. Oh, oh. <laughs> Like Donna, if Donna heard me, she'd be shouting right now. Um, but yeah, yeah. Also, on the household appliances, we'll get to films. Yeah, we'll do at some point. Yeah. All right. Hang on. Um, I've got a Nest smoke detector and carbon monoxide detector, a battery powered one, and it ran out of battery last week. And you have to. They are like this. Smoke detector will only take Energizer lithium batteries. Oh, yeah. Right. I didn't even know lithium batteries were a thing. And I got them on Amazon. And it cost me, like, a tenner for ten of them. Like, I... And that felt like I got them quite cheap. That is not bad, yeah. Why? 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 It's bonkers. Why why do I... we used to, when we had the fireplace shop, we used to do a, a fireplace company called Drew, who are like the premium level of um, of gas fires. They are like the, um, for instance, we once did one for a guy where we fit um, one, this is one fire uh, we fit for him. It was a big, like, a big unit. 
and the whole job came to like twenty six grand. Um, but like the, the fires are like the absolute, like the the best ones you can get out there. Um, the funny thing was, uh, you know, in Girl of the Dragon Tattoo, the finisher version of mm. it, there's a bit where Stellan Skarsgård, it's uh, it's showing you his like his house thing, and there's a fire in the background. On the director's commentary, um, Fincher is talking about how much of a pain in the ass that fire was to get lit. So they didn't just light it; they just uh, they CG'd in the fire from the what CG'd is it? Yeah, of course they um, yeah. And I was looking at it going, I know because that is a Drew fire. I know why it's a pain in the ass. To what is it? Not only that, I know how to fix it. And the weird thing is, they've got like they're all they all work off a remote, um, and the. The issue that you've got for these incredibly expensive fires is everybody who buys them it has quite a lot of money, so they will go out and they will buy Energizer or Duracell batteries to put in the remote and in the receiver uh, that is uh, in the control panel. The problem is those batteries are too good, and so what they do is they pump too much energy through and it shorts out the circuit. So we had to literally tell what people who were spending like a fortune on these, what is it, saying, please... Don't buy good batteries. Buy cheap, shitty batteries. You will hardly ever have to replace them because it's the amount of energy they need is so little that you will have to replace them every couple of years. But if you buy a decent battery, it will just pump in too much energy too quickly and the fire will short out. I mean, that's, that's wild. It's, a bit, it's, it, the thing is, right, this detector... I think I've had it for about three years, and it's the first time I've needed to change the batteries. You know, fair play, because it it doesn't run off mains. And it's six batteries. And I'm just thinking, like... But I'd I'd probably take changing the batteries once a year... If it was two. (laughs) Yeah, and if it was two of these lithium ones, or four normal ones. Like, it just... It blows my mind that it's like, it needs six of them to last like three years it's like is it just because they're like well three years is a good lifespan it probably is that but i don't know it was it was wild though it was just like i look like i look i I looked up what type of batteries they were and literally the nest website were like energizer lithium it's gotta be lithium batteries it was like right and energizer ones it was like right okay and you know lo and behold i I opened up the smoke detector there's energizer lithium batteries in there so no fooling um but yeah wild but there you go so just if you're going to buy a nest smoke and carbon monoxide detector just remember you're going to need to like pay out the arse for batteries yep that's our consumer advice for the for the week absolutely so that was quite an indulgent start (laughs) i mean there's a theme yeah (laughs) Mm. yeah but you know, it's our Christmas show. It's time to get indulgent. It's time to cozy up to some big, nice, long movies. And we've got some fucking long movies to talk about this week, folks. So, we are going to be talking about Avatar, The Way of Water. We are going to be talking about Bardo, False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths. And we are going to be talking about The Fablemans. What a show. What a lineup. Here we go. It is. It's what? Three, five. It's like nine hours worth of movies. 
Yeah, getting on for nine hours worth of films. Which Jesus Christ. Which I have watched all of in the past uh, 24 hours. Jesus, really? Yeah. Watched two of them today. You went to see Avatar today. Yeah, it, it was that was always it was always part of the plan. I knew I had a bit of a I had a bit of a up and down week, so it was always I'm going to get these in in the, the towards the end of the week. One of my plans was to watch one of them last Thursday, but then we had a problem with our boiler, and I had, I ended up having the day off. But my day off went terribly, so I was in a grump, so didn't do right. anything. Right, <laughs> literally, right. sat doing nothing for hours because I was too grumpy to do anything. That's fair. Fair. Uh, that's, 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 that's pretty intense though. That's a lot of watching. Um, so, uh, yeah, we'll also talk some trailers, uh, some what we've been watching and, uh, I mean, is, is there news? It, I, I kind of feel like we could probably skip to trailers unless there was anything that kind of came top of mind for you. Um, Oh, Henry Cavill. Yeah, the Cavill, the Cavill no longer being Superman. Um, the Henry Cavill continuing to just come across as being an incredibly measured and good dude with the statement that he put out from it um, was just really like very much like the grown up in the room. Um, the more that comes out about this James Gunniverse. Uh, of DC, the more I am getting a little bit. Every time a bit of news comes out, and I think I've done this a few times in the in the chat we have uh, on, on WhatsApp. It, it is very much the James Gunn energy. Is I'm the captain now, and it's a bit like oh, yeah. fuck off, James. Do you know what? The everyone was bitching and moaning about the uh, about essentially the Snyderverse. I, I guarantee you that the 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 Gunniverse is going to be very, very old hat very fucking quickly. Yeah, it's him writing a young Superman film um, feels... I mean, let's let's see, but it feels like a clash of material and writer. But, you know, we, we shall see. Um, you know... The fact, you know, apparently the speculation is that Aquaman 2 will be the last Aquaman film, but they're potentially looking at casting Jason Momoa as someone else, yep. which is insanity. Um, I mean, that, that's Aquaman is still a year away. Yeah. And it's just, you're going to have all these films coming out over the next year that, what, they're basically cutting their losses at this point, are they? So, like, Shazam's coming out. Oh, um, Shazam? So... Shazam trailer in front of um, Avatar today, right? Shazam, big billboard in the cinema, um, March uh, 17th. Trailer for it still said December 21st. Yeah, yeah, there you go. It's, I mean, it's just, it's, it's wild. It's wild. And I mean, like, Guns, like, said... It's going to be crossing movies, TV, games, things like that. Um, I mean, that that's one thing that Marvel don't tend to do is with their games, the games are their own universe. I mean, you, you know, in the Spider-Verse trailer, there was uh, like the PlayStation uh, Peter Parker in the background, uh, but it, it is its own universe. Uh, it looks like Gunn is going to weave games into it as well. And I'm a bit... 
I, I just hope that they are spin-off-y as fuck because you think people have a hard time keeping up with the MCU with TV shows, add a 30-hour game into the mix. Yes. They, they, they should be massive side quests if they're going to be games. They, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They cannot... It cannot be that you that you know that you will get more out of the third fucking um, whatever iteration of Superman they do if you've played this hundred and ten hour game. Mm, quite. It, it, I, I mean, obviously, we'll see. And James Gunn said that they'll be like sharing more stuff in the new year. It, like they are gonna need. The, the tide, the critical tide already seems to be turning on James Gunn. It's not going to take that much to get people back. People are fucking fickle as fuck. But, you know, if, like... You, if, you... If, if Guardians is shit, or even not great, then it, people could start going, well, hang on a minute. You know, when was the last really good thing he did? But again, if Guardians is very, yeah. very good... It'll be, oh, I can't wait to see what he does with all of these DC characters. Yeah, it's it, odd. It's odd. Um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. It just, it's this whole thing with like pe- folks like James Gunn um, and Joss Whedon and whatnot, where it's just like these geeks inherit the earth and then it kind of seems like they're just dicks. Yeah. Like that, you know, Elon Musk. You know, <laughs> you know, and it like James Gunn's started being shitty to people on Twitter, and it's just like, do you know what, mate? You're the CEO of DC, co-CEO of DC. Maybe just don't. If if it means you can't have as much of a Twitter presence, maybe that's okay. Yeah, maybe 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 it's okay if you just rein it in a little bit. And again, like I said, Cavill just put out a statement saying what an honour it had been, um, and. It was just a really, it just, it was a real classy kind of move. And then even Gunn's been a little bit iffy about that. And it's just, mm. mate, just, why, why don't you just try and be the, you know, the classy guy for once. Be, be, be a bit more parfait. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. And I mean, like, um, now Cavill's doing a Warhammer thing for Amazon and it's just like that dude likes Warhammer he's a fucking geek so now like he wins anyway yeah, I, 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 which is lovely I for do him. love the fact that, that, that basically they've gone for Warhammer they've gone oh we'd love to get Cavill wait a minute we can because it's Warhammer and he'll say yes <laughs> well no I mean he apparently he chased the rocks yeah. it was like him and uh, like a couple of other people approached Amazon and were just like we think we can do this. Um, and I, I'm, I'm kind of up for that, to be honest. Like, fuck it, a series with Henry Cavill as a space marine. Yep. Sounds great. You, you, you've kind of, with the exception of Enola Holmes 2, you've kind of got me at Henry Cavill in. <laughs> yeah, 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 quite, quite. So, uh, you know, good. good. It just, I'm glad, you know, because obviously... He left The Witcher, and the speculation was because he was going to be Superman, he was going to be pretty fucking busy. Um, and even though also apparently he didn't like the way that they like the direction the show was going in, um, but and then got shit canned from this, so I'm just glad he had a very quick win. Yep, and you know, even with the shit canning, he got paid. Appa- yeah, apparently he got a quarter of a million dollars for doing the cameo in Black Adam. 
not bad work if you can get it, is it? No. No. I, I, so, you know, it, yeah, probably, probably you more. Probably, probably got paid more than the the points that the Rock won't be getting. continues to be funny um it's just like the fact like and now he's like come out saying like oh like i saw a tweet from him the other day saying like oh it's a, it's a toxic atmosphere out there right now but to be fair he's he's kind of doing the right thing by just like it looks like he's just laying low a bit at the moment yeah that's probably the right thing to fucking do maybe we just don't need the rock out there for a little yeah, bit yeah you'd hope that somebody is, has gone up to him and gone just have Christmas. Have Christmas where you don't try and yeah, yeah. shill anything to anybody. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, there we go. All right. Um, so let's move on then. So, um, trailers. Not really a trailer, but a big old Mission Impossible featurette. Yeah. Um, along with a video of uh, Tom Cruise jumping out of a plane and calmly talking to the camera while, sky- while falling through the sky. <laughs> Yeah, they, I, to promote the release of Top Gun Maverick on Paramount Plus, I yeah, think. and to basically uh, say thank you to people. <laughs> it's just, it's great. I, do you know what I really like about these little, like little snippet videos we keep getting of Cruise? The fact that him and Chris McQuarrie just just seem like really good buddies who know that 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 artistically they are a good team, that they have like the ultimate trust in each other. That and they they just they seem like good dudes together, and but they all see like the exact opposite. Like Chris McCoy is like, I fucking, I, you're mental. Like he seems like he can't quite. He seems really impressed that his mate does all this shit, <laughs> and Cruz seems really like. Yeah. Do you know what? I like the fact that I've got this guy who now. I, who, who can write all this really fucking mad shit that I want to do, that can write something that makes even me go, wait a minute, you're going to let me do what? Yeah, I, I really, really need Macquarie to just do one of these things with him one day. Just do a skydive <laughs> with him. It'll be really fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'll be one of those things where something like, it's going to turn out that Cruz is, if it, like, if... Top, if, if not like Top, if um, Day of Reckoning crosses like a billion dollars, um, Cruz says, I will give a million dollars to charity if Christopher McQuarrie does a skydive with me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. You want, you, want, you want it to be something like that, don't you? And it, it's that, that featurette, just when he like looks at the footage of like the first time he does the stunt, he's like, I think I could have held onto the bike for longer. <laughs> Just does it again. I mean, and then he ends up doing it six times. It, it's, I mean, obviously there's like, there, there, it's kind of reached a tipping point in a way where it's like a lot of this he's doing it so many times because then he can talk about how many times he's done it in a featurette and like in terms of the movie marketing of it. And I'm not saying that cynically because like I I I I think that's absolutely fair enough. Um. But yeah, I just what the fuck's he gonna do in part two? Because I'm assuming this is for part one. What's he gonna do in part two? Because if it's gonna be the end of the Mission Impossible franchise with Tom Cruise in it, how is he gonna cap it off? That's it. It's such a the the fact that they are in such a zone with it at the moment. I think is a big thing that they are 
that they they wanted to go. Do you know what? Let's fucking we're in a we. This doesn't happen often where you get in a, such a fucking zone with something that we need to we need to make sure we ride this magic out and then don't flog it too much. It's they're just looking at right. What can we do that's bonkers? But I also like the fact that they're looking at it and going, what can we do that's bonkers, but that we can actually do. So there's not a they don't have an unlimited scope to do, um, but they have as near to the limits as you can get, and that makes it more interesting. You know, I've always said that the worst thing that happens to um, creative or visionary directors is when they can do anything. So Tim Burton is a is a prime example. Once you put a the, the world at his fingertips and you can do anything with CG, it started just getting quite boring and a little bit like yeah that's not actually interesting having a a, a, a a hint of limits can actually help sometimes yeah yeah that's a fair point um it's um yeah i'm looking forward to this uh immensely this film um it is gonna be sorry i'm just looking at something here i'm sounding distracted but is it um is there a new Spider-Verse trailer? Is there already? Is that because of the meek response to the last one? I don't know. Hang on. Okay, no, it's a poster. It's a fucking poster. Um, where it's loads... Okay, it's a poster, it's a poster. Sorry. Yeah, um... One of the... Probably my most anticipated blockbuster of next year. Dead Reckoning. Yeah. Uh, part one. Um... And uh, yeah, we shall see. Roll on July. Um, Oppenheimer. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I have a feeling there will be a more uh, blockbuster-friendly trailer at some point for this. This looks very much like a. Um, it's very introspective and it's looking at the what have we created kind of vibe I I am going to say now I think Oppenheimer is fucking hell I just realised it's a pun before I say it it's going to be one of the biggest bombs of next year the only thing I think that is that will stop it from being that is um there obviously I work with a lot of younger people, um, and I talk a lot about film with them because um, a few of them are studying film at university, but a, more of them are not. Um, and the one film that keeps getting brought up, rather sorry, there's two films that keep getting brought up for for next year. One is the is there really a Barbie film coming out next year, which of course we'll come to in a minute, and the other one is I'm really looking forward to that new Nolan one. Really? Okay. Yes. Oh, there is I a, just it's the Nolan factor of it is going to be. I think is 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 this is the selling point is he does have a, a sway over it. Um, also, what I will say is the from the, the general sort of vibe because it is good to to talk to different people, different sort of scales of people. And also, my mum has mentioned going to see the Oppenheimer movie, and my mum goes to the cinema like once every five years um but the 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 buzz around marvel is just gone 
Well, I like I kind of think just the buzz around movies has gone a little bit. Just in at least in in terms of the kind of like the real world conversations that I have, um, like I, I I mean like I've God I was talking about Nope and uh, in in work the other day and people were looking at me like I was a fucking alien. Well, it's just like what's this film? It, it's, it's weird. Like the the like I say a lot like the people that works the company I work for now. Uh, it has a lot of staff. Um, and a lot of those staff are between the ages of like 16 and, and like 21 and 22. And I've actually been quite hard. They go to the cinema loads. Like really? all of them oh, go to the okay. cinema like at least like once every two weeks, once every couple of weeks. And it's been like quite refreshing uh, for it. I've been a little bit like, whoa, that's fucking, you know. And the ones who got, do you know the ones who got the cinema the least? The ones that are studying film. <laughs> Mm. Seem to got the same release. Shazam's a big deal for people as well. That first film's well liked. Yeah, That's, loads yeah, of people yeah. are really looking forward to like Shazam. <laughs> I just, but I mean, like with Oppenheimer, it's like they 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 played the trailer in the IMAX before Avatar. No, there was like no murmuring whatsoever. Through the Mission Impossible featurette thing. People were like fucking out. Oh yeah, we need to see that. Like I was hearing that, like that kind of chatter, just around. Um, even with Ant Man and the Wasp, like people, like people were kind of like like talking, like talking. Oppenheimer, you could uh, you could hear a pin drop, and the, 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 it just. I mean, I, t- I take I take your points, Mark, and I want to be wrong. I want to make this very clear. I hope I am this time next year. I sound like a massive twat with this. Um, but this year has been very unkind towards big, serious films, commercially. Um, and this is a big, serious film. The trailer that has been released online is different from the one that plays in the IMAX. The one that plays in the IMAX starts with, like, maybe 10, 15 seconds of Killian Murphy climbing a ladder. Yeah, I've seen that one. In IMAX. Yeah, and it's. I think the the idea of like a basically a historical fact based drama, in the grandest cinematic scale you can imagine, is a really interesting concept. Yeah. Um. But I am. I think the yeah, thing that might. I'm, I, save I'm just worried it. how commercial it's going to be. I think that might save it is. It's weirdly it's his cheapest movie since the Prestige. But I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, like because apart from the bomb testing and whatnot, which which is uh, yeah, is, it's a period film, which so. is practical. That, Sorry, that, which, which, which they've done. Yeah, which 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 is great. Yeah, that's that rule. I, I I did um, I did like the fact that something came out where he said we worked out a way to do an actual to do the explosion via practical, and every film fan made the same joke in their head, which was ah oh, fuck, he's gonna set off a nuclear bomb in it. <laughs> Yeah, 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 like, yeah, absolutely. Um, Can't help but think it's going to be, like, really, really sophisticated miniatures or something. Like, I don't know, we'll see. um, I think it's going to be a combination of miniatures. And um, did you ever watch the making of, uh, like, Tree of Life? Um, Where they did, like, the the Big Bang and bits like that. And you look at it going, 
wow, it is it's miniatures, but it also it used like light, air, and um, different like coloured sand and paint powders and bits like that. Okay, and you're watching it going, yeah. hang on a minute, all of that, because they showed it and went, look, this is what we used, created that fucking image. That's incredible. And Malik was like, yeah, we, we, we did like a rendering for it on computers and everything like that. And I thought it looked, it looked like shit. And so we did it for literally a tenth of the cost, just being smart. Nice. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, I, look, we'll, we'll see. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not particularly buzzed by either of the trailers, which I, I, I think probably... Like and like hastens this on uh, this feeling on for me, um, but I mean like the cast is good. It's no, it's Nolan. You know what I mean. Like of course I'm gonna be there, but I'm just I'm not, I'm not feeling it right now. I'm I'm quite like I've just, for it. I've... I, I think as well, Loki in a weird way for films to be massively successful, they have to get people who don't normally go to the cinema to go. Um, it's just I, I think he's a that gets people to go to the cinema or gets people to want interest in things because there's a lot of really big Peaky Blinders fans out there obviously it's TV so I watched one episode and went big whoop uh, but yeah there's a lot of people who really seem to enjoy that show yeah yeah. I mean yeah we'll see we'll see let's see uh, so we, we kind of mentioned it in brief in passing but Barbie um, I mean, well done, Warner Brothers, for kicking off a, a marketing campaign that will a- interest absolutely zero children. Uh, right, but so th- right. Uh, this film is Twitter thing- really enjoyed it. So well this done. is the thing I've got Sorry. here. Right, right. I'm going to, I am going to play devil's advocate and then criticize myself at the same time here. So this is a a very much a devil and fucking angel on each fucking shoulder. Personally, as a 40-year-old man, I am looking forward to whatever shit this is fucking trying to do because it looks a bit bonkers and a bit interesting. However, no matter what, Barbie, you know, I've got a a friend whose daughter um, is really into Barbies. Um, And like, the past few years, I always buy some Barbie stuff for Christmas and it's there. Um, if this is what it looks like it might be, if she sees that on like posters and billboards and bits like that, uh, on buses, it, and she's pointing out and going, oh, there's a Barbie movie out. I, I'm just hoping that it's not... And I don't think it's going to be, because I don't think Mattel would let it be, because they're incredibly protective about Barbie. I hope that it's going to be accessible enough that it is for Barbie fans... And film fans. And by Barbie fans, I don't mean weird 45-year-old guys. I mean Mm. kids. You know, there is an element of that that is a bit like, do you know what? We, you know, our generation, we, we don't need everything to be tailored to us. We don't need the nostalgia of our youth then thrown back at us now when we're all a little bit cynical and a little bit snide. I, I, I'm kind of... But then the other bit of me is going, yeah, but it'd be quite funny though, wouldn't it? And I'm going, yeah, it fucking would be. For me, but I don't have a stack of Barbies. And I've been a little yeah. bit bonkers. 
I just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Because um, I mean, it, it looks like it's going to be yeah. It just it looks like it's going to be mad, and it could it could be really really fun. Um, but I mean that that trailer. That I, I think I just, what I'm saying I, is, yeah. if if I go to the cinema and I come out of it having had a great time, but I'm walking by a guy who's taken his daughter or his son or his children, we'll say, and they walking out and going, "What? I, I don't understand what was going on there," you know, and they're disappointed. I'm a little bit like, "That's not right." Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if it's the Lego movie for Barbie, then I, I, I absolutely fine for kids. Well, hopefully, that's what okay said. for adults. That's what Beck said. Yeah. Hopefully, it's that. And I was like, do you know what? Yes. Yeah, you're both right. It's, if it's that, all right. Stop being minge face, Mark. It's just that trailer is not made for kids. And, no. I, you know, I, I don't know. I was on a Reddit thread about this the other day. And like people were kind of saying, like, well, you know, it do- it doesn't necessarily have to be for kids, and it's yes. like, yeah, I'm sure Warner Brothers are fucking thrilled about the prospect of making a Barbie film that doesn't appeal to kids. I bet they're really pumped about that. And I, yeah, my, my, it's my a funny trailer, is, but it my, just this yeah. film, this film probably shouldn't be for the people this trailer actually appeals to. I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm a little bit like that. The we doesn't have to be for kids. Yeah, it fucking does. Based on a fucking toy, it's the reverse of, of fucking. There shouldn't be fucking Robocop toys. It, it, it's based on a fucking toy. Yes, it should be for kids. Sorry, it fucking should be. But but, also, but I will enjoy it if it's a little bit mad and it's that. And to be fair, um, I'm pretty sure I'm right in saying that Noah Baumbach co-wrote Madagascar Three. Yeah, which is a really fun and movie. W- which is a good film. Yeah, that like I, I enjoy Madagascar Three because it drops you in as if you've been watching it for half an hour. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like. That film is the answer to the question, what third part of a series is better than the first part? Yeah. Madagascar 3 is a good Madagascar 3, Europe's most wanted. Yep. So, who's, who's to say? But it just, I don't know, let little kids have films. And also, to be fair, kids' films at the box office have been a little bit dicey, in the US anyway, have been dicey as fuck this year. Yeah, it's Lightyear, not been... Strange World. Lyle Lyle Crocodile didn't do that well in the US. It's done really well in the UK, actually, but not that well in the US. Um, Paws of Fury. like every, Almost every single aimed at kids' films have done fuck all. And there's just this, I don't know, bit of a vibe of kids aren't going to the cinema and being, wow, the cinema is something, isn't it? At the moment, which worries me. Minions and Sonic 2 both still did very well, didn't they? Yeah, they did. They did. And those are the two. Yeah, they're the two. But I think it's more that the, like you say, Lightyear didn't. um, And the bad guys didn't quite hit as well as it they expected. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Sing 2 did okay right at the start of the year. That that did all right. Yes. But there's just, there's fuck all out coming for kids. 
it's really weird. Like, Puss in Boots, you release that now, that would do well. Um, they, they, It's out in the US this week. It doesn't come out over here until early February. It's like, I'm pretty sure that Puss in Boots can sit in the same market as Avatar. Yeah. But hey, yeah. I mean, but hey, Super Mario's out in April and it's going to make every single bit of money. Yeah. Like, that fucker is... I, I could see that fucker doing, like, two billion worldwide. Yeah, I, I, I could see that, that, that being just bombastic. It... Uh, everyone seeing Super Mario, I'll probably end up seeing it twice. <laughs> Fair play. I want to see it in IMAX, and I want to see it in 4DX. That's the thing. I want to see Super Mario in 4DX. I don't blame you actually on that one. You give me that 3D 4DX, I will say yes, please. Thank you, sir. May I have another? <laughs> we got any more? I don't. Uh, um, I have a, a fun reaction in the cinema to the uh, Whitney Houston "I Want to Dance with Somebody" trailer. <laughs> some, oh yeah. Some because the. It, Someone turned around to what I said, uh, the rest of his mates, and went, as the trailer was just finished, and went, who the fuck is she? <laughs> and then that made me go, oh, <laughs> that's a fair point. Like, Whitney Houston might not be the cultural fucking stamp that you think she is. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's funny, because that film is now being marketed as Whitney Houston, I Want to Dance with Somebody. Yes, and I, I was watching I mean, it going, going, right, there's a lot of her, like, there's a lot of her singing, and there's a lot of her, um, like, having arguments with her dad, um, and, and all this lot. I'm thinking, I wonder, I just wonder if there's going to be any of Whitney Houston, the crack addict, in it. <laughs> um, I didn't know Corsage was coming out on Boxing Day. Apparently, yeah. Huh. Uh, sorry, I was, just looking at, so I was just looking at the Cineworld listings, and it's like literally Whitney Houston, I want to dance with somebody. Two hours, 24 fucking minutes. Jesus Christ. Um, Two hours, 24 minutes? Yeah. Yep. Fucking hell. And it's just... You you would have had better name recognition if it was I Will Always Love You, the Whitney Houston story, or something like that. You know what I mean? The reason why they won't be able to do that is because they've had to have given Dolly Parton money, wouldn't they? Oh, fuck, yeah. Of course. Yeah, good shout. Um, That's the thing. It's like, I want to dance with somebody. It's like one of those songs that, like, if you played it, you know it. But it might take you a minute to actually go, like, who sung it. It, it, it's just, I, 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 I don't think that she is as universally just like, oh, it, it's Whitney Houston, as as people are thinking she is. Hmm. Well, we shall see. I'm still planning on seeing it. Even though that runtime's just made me think, I don't know, maybe I'll reconsider. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's it for trailers. Day, though, so. Okay. Well, let's get into it then. Tuvatar, The Way of Tutor, is directed by James Cameron. It stars Sam Worthington, Zoe Saldana, Stephen Lang, Edie Falco, 
uh, and others, including the fantastically named CCH Pounder. Um, yep. Just one of the great names. Um, so, Tuvatar, the way of Tuta, um, sees uh, Jake Sully back, um, and he's got kids. He's got a bunch of kids. Scorny Weaver's one of them. I forgot about that. Scorny Weaver's a kid. Yeah. yeah she I, is. I, I, we'll get to that. Yeah, she plays Kiri, the who came out of Grace Augustine's avatar, and no one knows who fucked the blue lady. Not not only um, that, not only that, the, the explanation for it is like, we just don't know it happened. What? <laughs> no, yeah, brilliant. Uh, good stuff. Um, so, um, the, yeah, uh, they're back. They've got kids. Um, and Quaritch is back, played by Stephen Lang, in a blue body. And uh, all they're coming after the Sullies. So the Sullies have to go away. And where do they go? They bring their trail of destruction to nice, friendly water folk who haven't done anything wrong. Um, and then there's space whales who committed m- murder with a, a religious intent. Um, Why not? <laughs> Tuvatar, the way of Tuta. Uh, it's been, it's been thirteen years coming. And, um, uh, I, you know, I, we're, I think it's safe to say we're all at the very least ambivalent about Avatar on this show. Um, but uh, Mark went to see Tuvatar today. Um, Mark, did you enjoy The Way of Tuta? Well, before I talk about Tuvatar, um, what I'm going to do is say, rather than covering this in um, what we've been watching, I'm going to say I also re-watched Avatar, because it has been a long time since I watched Avatar uh, as well. So I thought, I, I, I better do that. Um, I, 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 Avatar's shit, um, which really worried me, because it's shit. It's really shit. Um it's really it looks boring. like crap on it, Disney Plus as well. Can I just say... It looks like hammer I shit. Put, I put Avatar on Disney Plus for the dog when we go out because it's really long. Yeah. Um, it's, <laughs> I mean, I, I, to be fair, I used to put Pete's Dragon on for the dog when we used to go out and we had a dog. Um, but yeah, Avatar's not very good. Um, like, I don't get it. The, the best bits of Avatar are any bit where Stephen Lang is in it but not yep. when he's like on Pandora, actually on Pandora, when he's just wandering around looking buff and turning chairs around to sit on them. I was like, he sounds fucking great. He's an absolute prick, but yep. at least I know where I stand with him. The rest of it is just absolute, just waffle and crap. And yes, but what I will say there is, it is going from Avatar to uh, to the second one, is a little bit like when, when 2009 is like it's like looking at and going and going fucking hell this is the absolute limit you can push push a playstation 3 to you're never going to get better to the, than this and then watching avatar 2 you're going oh it's the ps5 yeah fair enough um but the other amusing mm. bit before i get into what i thought of um the second one is me and Bex are doing like a we like to have like a 40 minute show like kind of on the go but one we've already seen so we'll we'll rewatch things like Twin Peaks and Sons of Anarchy and bits like that um just like so we can have it on as something where you know you, you 
you haven't got time to watch a film, but you need to, but you you need to just decompress. So we've been rewatching Bones recently, and weirdly, the day before Avatar the sequel came out was an episode where three of the characters have advanced screening tickets um, to uh, Avatar, um, but they have to queue up to get into it because there's only so many seats so they have to try and work out during their day who can be manning the uh, queue line for it and they're keeping having a rush off to do that one of the um the characters that is in this is actually played by joel david moore as well <laughs> that's very good yeah so going into the second avatar i was a little bit like I am fucking worried <laughs> after my experience rewatching Avatar. What I will say about Avatar The Way of Water is it's better than the first. It looks better than the first. Um, and the story, although still not very good, is better than the first. However... It's fucking boring for a good hour and a half where it is just really boring and just repeats the same things. But not only repeats the same things that have happened in this movie, it's repeating other shit that happened in the first movie, but just in water. (laughs) Um, And then there's other little bits in it that made me go, wait, hang on a minute. Right, so let me get this straight. All of Stephen Lang's team are all the one are, are all dead, but their consciousness has been put into these Navi avatars. I, 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 I'm correcting that, aren't I? Uh, yeah, it's like their memories and whatnot just before they went into the final battle. Right. So that's it. So I, I do you know what? I'm fine with that. I can get behind the the, the sci-fi-ness and everything like that. All cool with that, not a problem at all, right? However, did they have to hire a tattoo artist to tattoo them all <laughs> in between the avatars being born and them on their way to back to Pandora? I, straight up, I think they there is a tattooist on, on the, shit. On the shit, there must them be. That, that tattoos. Yeah. Yeah. And again, if that if that is the case, I'm actually weirdly all right with that. But it must be there must be a, a tattoo. I would love just like literally just to, for in the next one there be a scene of one of them just getting a tattoo and the tattoo artist just wanders off after that because Look, it was I, I mean it was a bit I, like that. There's more likely to be that than there is a fucking daycare for Quaritch's kid. Yeah, yeah, there is that, that but right. But the first sort of like, if you take away from the fact, I that hope Jordan's the, enjoying this. By the way, he couldn't join us, and I hope he's. I hope he's enjoying this yeah. review. I I also will forgive the fact that the the voiceover in the first one at the start of it is supposed to be Jake Sully essentially doing like his vid, like, like, like his diary log uh, that he's got to do yeah. for no fucking reason. That even he he says, "I goes, why do I have to do this? Because you just do." <laughs> But then he's still doing it in this one. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, yeah. But the first hour is really quite entertaining. 
until they literally go, no, we need to fuck off somewhere else. What? That was that decision happened very fucking quickly. <laughs> and then you've got an hour and a half that is just boring. And then the end bit is is Cameron fucking redoing the hit, which is fine. But you have shades of... I, I don't mean to say but. It's cool. You've got shades of Aliens. You've got shades of T2. You've got shades of the fucking Abyss. And also, with the fact that you've got all, all the time, a ship going down, you've got shades of Titanic, and then he's just throwing his blue people at it. Fuck it. Have at it. Should have ended 10 minutes. The, that sequence should have ended 10 minutes before it did. It just goes on way too long. But I, I can't say overall I didn't enjoy my time enough with it. It's just, it's a bit boring. But at least this one fucking looks nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think I'm at a. Re- I think I liked it a bit more than you, but relatively similar place. Um, the thing that makes me laugh about it is, I bet if Cameron could take his time back, he would have been like, oh, "Fuck, I wish the first one was set in water and I could just be in water all along." It feels like this film. A lot of the reason it exists is so he can move them to being water-based, so he can yeah. do lots of water filming. Yeah, which is um, what he loves, which which is cool. I'm fine with that. Which is, I mean, absolutely, hey, look, I mean, the dude is a commercial filmmaker. He makes films that make money. If it's like, right, give me a shitload of money to do this, and in return you will make a shitload more money, then, you know, that's absolutely fine and good on him. Uh, in terms of indulgent filmmaking to lead to commercial success i think this is the 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 one film this week that will that we're talking about that will do do that um so all credit to him for it but it it does make me laugh that there are a lot of very 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 similar plot beats in this film um to the first one yeah um the outsiders instead of outsider having to learn new ways of life i mean it's avatar yeah um you've got some star-crossed lovers all up in there like avatar yep um you've got quaritch like avatar which I, i was i was disappointed by that you know just like right we're just gonna have him again then and, and, and it looks like we're going to have, have him again, again. <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly. And it, it's, I don't know, like that spider character. I mean, like, I know he's your dad, kind of, but also he's not your dad. And I mean, boy knew. He's literally trying to murder your adopted family, mate. Yeah. I don't, but I, I don't, I don't buy the that character arc. I don't buy it. I would have rather that it just was lazier and was just like, right, okay, I'm going to go on Quaritch's side now because I like guns or something. It just, it feels, okay, oh, he's conflicted. He's so conflicted. Why? They could have made it. Quaritch is... They could have made it quite easily to get him on Quaritch's side by having Zoe Saldana's character seems to fucking hate doesn't like Spider. him yeah yeah she exactly doesn't yeah he could quite easily they by a, a simple line of dialogue could have had her when she's got what is it the knife around his throat saying he's not one of us because <coughs> i thought that was going to be the turning point yeah 
I, I well. thought he was then going to go, oh shit, my place is with Quaritch. Yeah, but he doesn't. He just goes off. Um, but you get the fact that feeling that, that, that that's going to happen at some point in the next one. Yeah, yeah. But, and, uh, yeah. but the other bit, I mean, skipping away from the movie a little bit, I went to a fairly semi-busy, not mega-busy, but it was a 20 to 11 in the morning screening on a fucking Tuesday. But as I was, as I was, credit, the credit started and I, I zipped out straight away. And as I was walking out, I heard three separate groups of people all say essentially the same thing, which was, that was boring. It was like a really, like, like palpable people were like, that was boring. It's, it's, I mean, just talking about that, that kind of thing for a second. I mean, it's interesting. It missed its even the low end of its projections in the US by 10%. It was projected to do at least 150, ended up doing 135. And Deadline were at pains twisting themselves into knots to say why it didn't really matter. And that people are actually like saving themselves for when they can get seats for the large format, like, like seats and things like that. And it's a bit... If it doesn't hold next weekend that franchise is in trouble. Yes. For how much... Like, Cameron coming out and saying it basically has to do two billion to break even. Um, that, it, film, that, fi- that film's not doing two billion. No, I mean, it, no, it's not. It, it, it would have to have the legs of the first one and it's not being received as rapturously as the first one. Because, you know, lest we forget, when the first one came out, I swear to fucking god i was the oh like one of the i was one of the only people of anyone i i paid attention to and i paid attention to a lot of fucking film people then who was like yeah don't see what all the fuss was about that i i, I was very much one of those <laughs> i i remember yeah, yeah weirdly, know, I, but, I remember having that conversation with um with dan um uh, about it where it, mm. we were both saying don't get the big fusses about and then dan messaged me um about literally three hours later saying I feel so bad and it was a picture of him walking in to see it again <laughs> nice oh, nice um, but yeah it, it, I don't know it's going to be really interesting to see how it holds um, like it, it's done uh, about I think 430 million worldwide you know which would be a good start if it wasn't the sequel to the highest grossing film of all time um, so we, you know, we, we, we shall see, but the film itself. So the thing I, I agree, I think the first hour, like before they fuck off to the water yeah. is all right. I think yeah. they, they do a very good job of establishing all the kids very quickly. Yep. Um, Sigourney Weaver <coughs> doesn't feel like a teenager, but I think she, I think she, She's very, very game, and she's doing her best, and people seem to enjoy that performance. I'm a little bit, this feels like a miscalculation, but it's cool that you've got someone of the acting heft of Sigourney Weaver trying to have a crack at that assignment. I think that's interesting. It's interesting more than successful for me. I think it's, I think it's saved by the fact that there are two performances that are... <clears throat> quite frankly, fucking terrible uh, in this movie. What, bro and cuz? <laughs> uh, well, no, not even... Uh, of, of the, of the oh, more recognisable cast. 
Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, I, I think Zoe Saldana and Kate Winslet are fucking appalling in this movie. Like, like I'm, 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 Saldana is They just... don't have anything to do. No, they don't. But any time that anything goes anywhere near Saldana, she just starts screeching. And it is just a bit like, this is weird. I, it's... That, that like, honestly, I, I feel like she's being directed that way. Like, this is, and it's interesting because Cameron's been getting a bit of shit over the last 24 hours or so for an interview where he was just like, you know, I, um, I'm paraphrasing, but it was just like, you know, Captain Marvel and, and Wonder Woman are really fantastic characters, but they're not mothers. Mothers are strong women. And I thought it was interesting to see like a six-month-old uh, 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 pregnant Nateri, not six-month-old pregnant, six-month pregnant Nateri, like uh, raising a bow, and you know, and it's a bit like right, okay, Jim. So your your vision of a strong woman is a woman who can kick ass, but then also has the heavy weight and burden of screaming when her kids are in danger. Yeah, it, that's it's... not and it pretty different from Ellen Ripley. Um, yeah, that, that's and, the weird thing. Yeah. He's written good, strong women before, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah he has. Mary Lou yeah, Bastard Antonio I mean, in uh, the Abyss yeah. is a great character. Yeah, exactly. And it, it, but I mean, yeah, Kate Winslet barely gets anything to do. Um, I'm assuming she's going to be in the next one more. Yeah, I mean, clearly um, anything to do to the point of where I actually had to check after we came out, thinking, "What the fuck was Kate Winslet in that?" Done. Yeah. Yeah, easily done. But uh, yeah, Zoe Saldana, it's admonishing Sam Worthington or screaming. Yeah. That's... Uh, it, she doesn't odd, seem to like him odd. that much. No. She doesn't seem no. to like anything but, that much. But I, I, I think Sam Worthington was all right. Yep. But you 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 get his arc. Um, and the... I thought the ICU to his kids at the end was actually quite touching. Like I, I, I liked their relationship, and it's going to be interesting to see how the kid develops in in the future films. Um, there are aspects of this that are like, yeah, I will, I will watch the next one. But and the thing is, it, it's James Cameron, so he's going to do what he wants. But it. These don't need to be as long as they are. Like I get that he's in love with like this culture that he's invented, and the space whale shit is great. That whole fucking subplot about the um like ostracized space whale, and it turns out he like went on a violent religious crusade against a bunch of space whalers. That's that's great. Yeah, that, that I I the, would actually watch that shit all day. Yeah, but the, the, there's the, a lot of fucking shoe leather in this film. Th- th- that's it. That and the you know the quite clear um, like Vietnam parable uh, that you have with um, Stephen Lang character where they're going from village to village trying to find them and torching the villages. Mm. It's really quite powerful. It, it, it's quite good, and I think Stephen Lang's fantastic in this. Um, he comes across as such a shit of a character, but the problem is that it's like he says on at least two occasions, "Ah, oh, and you know I'm not bluffing." It's like, well, except you are, because you had ample yeah. opportunity to kill one of his kids, and he's got like four of them. And if you account Spider, he's got effectively four and a fucking half of them, and you you yeah. actually don't kill a single one. One of them gets caught effectively in crossfire so no 
I don't believe you're going to kill one of his kids because you haven't fucking done it. <laughs> the, the, yeah. the, the bits was yeah. in like, uh, like when I when I find you, I'm gonna kill all of you. No, you won't. You actually literally had like three of them chained to a thing. You didn't kill one of them. It, but but I mean yeah. But say, saying all this, I I found it more interesting than the first one. It's a shitty thing to say, but I'm going to say it. I think part of it is because this is a better screensaver than the first film is. Um, I can't check. It, it, it's, it's just pr- it, it looks it looks so much better. However, did you get about halfway through, or maybe like three quarters way through, and go, "Hang on a minute, what does the people behind Stephen Lang get out of him killing Jake Sully now?" I don't get it. They seem to be doing all right. <laughs> well, y- yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, actually, yeah. What is the? <laughs> he's gone. Because I'm. Um, <laughs> he's, he's gone. Because I mean, like, he's yeah, he's like the leader of the forest people, but now he's giving it to fucking substitute teacher guy. I did like that as well. Yeah, like this. Yeah, I gave I gave it over to this guy. Like the whole first film. Sorry, just the whole first film is about him finding his people and becoming the leader of the of of of, of this like nation essentially. Yeah. And within an hour of this one, it's I'm fucking it off because I'm putting everybody in danger. And then what does he do? Gives it to he Jeremy goes to and this other nation, puts everybody in danger through the dumbest fucking thing. I and this was so lazy. The way that they find him is Kiri has that attack and then they get Joel David Moore and Delete Rowl over. Yep. And it's like, well, of course they're going to be able to track them. <laughs> yep. It's so, it is so lazy. It's and, so lazy. And the thing is, when they land at the water place, Cliff Curtis and, um, what's it? Kate Winslet are like, well, hang on a minute. We we don't have a war here. We're all right. You're going to bring it here. No, we won't. And you, you and watch them like going, get, they it, will. You know, <laughs> But they, and I know they bring in the space whaling and like as as a way of going like well okay you do have a fight here but it it, it is they would have had a lot easier time if the Sullies had never come absolutely yeah. Kate Winslet is Kate Winslet is right yeah. and that like I do I yeah I don't know that that bothers me but the third one now he's like I realise that I can't run I have to fight. I don't know. I mean, like the first hour of the film, you were fighting pretty bloody well, buddy. Yeah. What what changed? Okay, you've got someone who's got a vendetta against you specifically, and now wherever you go, destruction is in your wake. Yeah. But Cliff Curtis is like, well, I'm honourable, so you can stay. But Cliff but then, Curtis but, but like the, was the responsible bit, for the deaths of a lot of his people. But the other bit there is the guy who had it, who has the vendetta against him. He's dead. In his mind, he thinks he's killed him. So, yeah. so they're, they're going to fight the... And also, seriously, Sam, stop calling them the fucking Sky People. You don't need to call them uh-huh. Sky People. You literally used to be a Sky person. You know it's the humans. It's just a bit like... You, you've been a bit performative now. <laughs> we get it. Um, You're one of them sh- now. <laughs> Little bit of breaking news. Ooh, God. Todd, Todd Field is premiering a short at Berlin next year that will, and I quote, expand the Tar universe. Oh, God. Oh, I, I really hope there's going to be like a Tar game. 
sorry, that just, it, I mean, like, I don't know, that's one of the funniest fucking, fi- that's like an Onion article. Um, the world is like an Onion article nowadays. Fucking hell, it's, uh, yeah, anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, it, look, it's, it's, I don't begrudge people for liking nope. these films. That's, that's absolutely fine. But I, I am just, I'm personally glad that people aren't as gaga for this one as they were for the first one. I don't feel like I'm taking crazy pills, whereas I did with the first one. Yeah. What I will say, but it's also a better film than the first one, is. marginally. And within the film itself, it's a better film when it's an action film than when it's an adventure film. Uh, yeah, yeah. I just Cameron and Guns. Like I know he likes the whole kind of like the the indigenous people uprising stuff, but he shoots guns really well. He shoots people shooting guns really well. Yeah, it is <laughs> that the end sequence, although it goes on way too long. Um, it looks really good. I, I, it's a good-looking movie, with the exception of that middle fucking hour and a half where it's like, right, I thought you'd already built this world. Why are you building another version of it that's still not anywhere that, near interesting enough? That that's 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 exact. I mean, and that's exactly it. He does that in the first one, then he does it again in this one because he's decided, oh shit, actually, I want to do all these films by the water. Yeah. And it, it, is the next one going to be Avatar fucking 3, the fucking Sandheads, or something like yeah, that? Yeah, it's yeah, exactly. And that that's that's a worry. But we're, hey, we'll we'll yeah, are the rock people? We'll see. Look, and I'm 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 definitely not shit because I can't say the film shit. I can't. Uh, yeah, def- it's def- definitely not shit. It's not shit. Do you know what the weirdest thing about it is? That I got about half, I was about halfway through it. I actually thought, do you know what? I think Bex was actually really quite like this. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, I... <laughs> she will never watch it. It's... But I think she might quite like it. <laughs> it's very sincere. It's got its heart on its sleeve. You know, it. It there. There are really, really good sequences in it. There's some decent characters in it. There's also a bunch of fucking bobbins. Yep. But the, I think maybe the, the Bobbins good stuff ratio was improved in this one. Um, Absolutely. But I will, I will never watch it again. There is zero chance you have me watching Tuvatar The Way of Tuta for 192 minutes ever again. No, because the next one's out. Is it next year or the year after? Next year. Next it's year. Next year, then there's a break. And then if... if, if Basically, Cameron said they could stop after part three if this one doesn't do well enough. Like, there is a natural ending. Otherwise, there could be another two. Yeah, so there'll be there'll be one next year and then there won't be any more after that then. Um, Maybe. I mean, it, it really, it really, really, really depends on how this weekend does. I, I'm going to predict that there will be another one and then there will not be any more after that. Um, yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see. Yeah, like I said, I, I will never watch it again just because I, I it will still be enough in my brain next year that I can remember and I don't I don't even think I think there's, there'll be enough of a previously on Avatar um, to it but our audience poll is definitely not shit 40% and shit 60% there you go fair play yeah I know I was I, I, as I've been saying I, I was looking forward to it. I had a feeling I was going to like it, and I do. 
I, I like it fine. I'm just emphatically unbothered by these films. Yeah, I, I, I am. I am glad people get some out of them. Um, I I do think that the it, it would be bonkers if this movie got nominated for Best Picture in the same way as I thought it was bonkers at the time that the first one got nominated for Best Picture. And again, the the argument that people have about the first one is it was the ambition and everything like that. And I can almost, even though it's a thing that I despise, the whole, you know, at least it has ambition thing. If somebody takes a shot from inside their own half and it goes a mile wide, you don't praise them for having ambition. Um, but with this one, you can't say anything about the ambition of it because it's taken 12 years and $400 million. That's not ambition. That is time and money. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I am genuinely glad that I enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to. Yeah, so am I. Jesus. Yeah. Don't go to these films wanting to God fucking no. not like them. Jesus. No. Um, but it is three and a bit hours long and it's too fucking long. Um, hey Hannah, you know, I think you really can't be a good rewatch of a TV show. Would you agree with that, love? Oh, yes, I would. Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I think during, you know, global pandemics, storms, all of these things, it's quite nice to just sit down and burn through something that you've seen a million Absolutely times. Absolutely nothing like a binge watch. Star Trek. Babylon 5. Because you could sit there for hours looking at serial killer documentaries. Absolutely. Uh, that Netflix. doesn't make you a weird person uh, at all. It doesn't. Yeah, you could watch documentaries that all seem to be about women killing men. Love you, darling. You could put off watching Daredevil for the 30th time. Harry Potter. But really, you can't be immersing yourself in the warm jumper of a rewatch of a show of or a, a franchise. Beloved franchise. A beloved franchise. Lord of the Rings. Twin Peaks. From VHS compilations recorded off television with the ad breaks, cut out of course, to DVD box sets of Sex in the City and, I don't know, Smallville. <laughs> Farscape. Quantum Leap. To giving up finding new content on Netflix and just having a comfort trawl through Star Trek The Next Generation or... Parks and Recreation. I think that we can all agree... There's a lot to be said for that. You can't beat a good rewatch. So, with that in mind, join... Anna. And Mike from Chinstroke vs. Panzer as we burn through some of our favourite franchises and share our immediate reactions to each instalment in both spoiler and non-spoiler sections. To do that, do a search for The Rewatch Project with Hannah and Mike on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whichever your favourite podcast provider may be, or go directly to anchor.fm forward slash rewatch project. We are proud members of the Pod Syndicate family of podcasts. Ever wondered what so-called family films will scar your kids forever? Putting four or five-year-olds in front of this movie, it's like, if they didn't know what death was before this, they're going to know it after it. They're going to know it after it, and they're going to be freaking terrified. And they're going to be questioning you. Yeah. Or do you have the slight suspicion that your loved one has a cold, dead heart? Yeah, The Dark Knight has got like all the orphans, and like, oh no, we're going to die. They did not build up those orphans at all. In my head, it's like, kill them. Then look no further, 
the His Film Her Movie podcast is the show for you. It's the movie podcast that celebrates the contrasting cinematic tastes of its hosts. So join Jordan and Lauren every week on their unique journey through the land of the silver screen. So if you're looking for a few laughs, some fun film-related chat, then get involved. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bardo <laughs> is directed by Alejandro G. Inaritu and stars Daniel Jimenez Cacho, uh, Griselda, um, uh, uh, oh fuck, it's gone, uh, Siciliana, Siciliana and Chimina La Madrid. That, that, that will do. Uh, and I, I butchered those names and I apologise. Uh, so, um, Bardo, uh, what, does, uh, what does IMDb say about this one then? Um, an acclaimed journalist turned documentarian goes on, on, on an oneric introspective journey to reconcile with the past, the present, and his Mexican identity. I'll, I'll, I'll start on this. So, because fuck it. So... Bardo, screened in a 20-minute longer cut at, I think, Venice and Telluride, got really bad reviews, and then Inaritu cut out 20 minutes. Um, now, what that longer cut must have, must have contained, I don't know. I like Bardo. Yeah. Um, because... I almost because I'm being a little stinker with it though, where Inaritu is so far up his own ass <laughs> that it he's just coming back round the bend again. It, it, what I will say is his profile picture on IMDB, that man definitely yeah. made Bardo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. This is, woe is me, I don't feel like people truly appreciate me, despite the fact that my films do well commercially, critically, yeah, and I've won the Best Director Oscar twice, but woe is me, people don't really understand me, cinema, which is so breathtakingly engaging in its sheer dickheadery that I ad- really quite admire it. It, I absolutely could see how this would be like the worst film of the year to a good many people. And I am not surprised it got bad reviews, but there is a shithousery to this film that I, I enjoy the fact that he convinced Netflix to give him $75 million to make this film, which is gorgeous yep. and full of really solid performances and has elements of eight and a half and elements of all that jazz and elements of Birdman and just throws fucking everything at the screen. But then also just screams "fuck you," um. But also "fuck me." I don't know who I hate more, me or you. For two and a half hours, um, staggering. 
I was listening to uh, the Big Picture podcast earlier on today, and they they were reviewing this. And I'm paraphrasing here, but it, like one of Sean Fennessy, the host, said it was the natural end point of the Netflix author era, where it's just like right. Netflix have reached the point where they've given Inaritu seventy five million dollars to make a film where he's like, I've got too much money and no one loves me. Why don't? Why doesn't anyone love me and give me more it, money? It's it, it's almost yeah. It's almost like they've given film. him seventy five million dollars to make a movie that even he doesn't want to watch. No, exactly. It is. I mean, it. But I found it really compelling, and I found it really engaging. But it's also just it's such a fuck you to the audience that I just find it funny. Your yeah. thoughts, Mark? I am I am, <laughs> I am in exactly the same place as you with it. I I had a great time with it. Um, it's bananas <laughs> absurdism um, that I like. It is it is. You mentioned me and said, um, you know, there's a, there's a moment in the film where um, it, it's almost like a oh shit, he's got too much money, and the thing is. I think it's basically from when the film starts to when the film ends. Yeah. So some... you're, you're right. Just just to say, the specific moment where I said that was when he is having a conversation with his dad in a toilet, um, but they've made they've basically what like put a kid in grown up clothes and then done face replacement <laughs> yeah. and stuck his face on the kid. Or something. Um, it's like the Captain America effect, but it's like, but it's just the fact that he's like, so I can have a conversation with my dead dad. And it, like you said, it's the hologram thing from Iron Man. <laughs> uh, no, not from uh, whatever Captain America Civil War. It's it's that, and Inaritu's just gone. Fuck it, I'm gonna do that in part. <laughs> but. But I'm gonna do it in in this surrealist fucking madhouse of a movie. It's oh, the thing is, it's absolutely breathtakingly beautiful at points as well. Mm, but it's yep. also got a an opening where um, where we have we have a child being born but the child doesn't like the world so it gets to be unborn and then weirdly like the mother's walking away and she needs to have the umbilical cord cut off her what <laughs> yeah it's uh, the the um the sequence in the tv studios is absolutely brilliant um the the, the 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 him just not answering any questions as the the host is just pecking at him and essentially ridiculing him constantly is it, it, you are watching it going I very much know what you're doing here it, it reminded me of the time uh, and I was talking to Vex about this the time where um, do you remember, it's a good few years ago where Tom Hardy was quite snippy with uh, Jonathan Ross. Um, Sure. On the Ross show, and weirdly, because Tom Hardy was obviously was in the Revenant, um, and he's since spoken about it, Tom Hardy and said the problem is they get you on these shows, and they 
then spend all this time trying to embarrass you and prod you and prod you and prod you. And you're supposed to sit there and just fucking smile. Just take it. And take it. And then if you go, well, no, I I was fucking 19, fuck off. You're the arsehole. Yeah. And it was a little bit, it was like that. But you watch it going... We know exactly where you're coming from here, uh, Inarito. You're him. We everybody knows this, and it's just. I. The thing is, it, it was about sort of halfway through that I realised I, I I had to stop it and go. Hang on a minute. I just need to refresh my mind with what films, Inarito's made. And I went through. It was like, Do you know what? I don't think I've ever properly fully got on. Um, I've. I've Appreciated parts of Inarito's um, films, but there's not one that I look at and go, "I think that is fucking click me." I thought was great. Um, I'm a little bit uh, on all of them. It's why I've only ever seen all of them once. Um, but I really kind of enjoyed just the. It, it's funny and it's fun. This movie. But it's also fucking two and a half hours long and has realistically nothing to say other than, woe is me, but kind of, all right, fair enough, I am also those things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I It's, I don't know, it's, it, it's interesting because with Birdman, he made a really, really prescient film about how superhero movies were just going to completely take over. Um, and then they did. Um, but think- And then with, with Bardo, it's like he's gone, well, fuck it, while I've still got the chance to do something like this, I'm going to do something like this. Like, Inaritu will never be given $75 million ever again. God, no. And there's an argument to say that he should never have been given $75 million in the first that, place. Very much agree with that. But it's not my money. No, it, 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 but, but it also... <laughs> it, it, and I, I, I absolutely agree with that. But it smacks back to the... Um, when Netflix, for instance, give $150 million to X director and people go, why aren't they giving... $30 million to this director, this director, this director to make better, more interesting movies. Well, no one's fucking saying that when they're giving $75 million to Inaritu for him to essentially make a Paddy movie. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, a Paddy movie that I really liked. <laughs> but it is. It's a, it's a guy having a strop and throwing a tantrum, but also wanting to actually... At the same time, criticise his own tantrum. Yeah, it's it's, it's snake it's eating, something. Its own, eating its own tail. The movie, and but I mean the great and the great thing about it though, you know that he is completely humourless about it. Oh yeah, that he takes all of this so so seriously. Yeah, and it's just, I'm pretty sure I like this film for the reasons that Inaritu would fucking hate. Yes, but. But that that's that's fine. It just that this film probably shouldn't exist, and I'm glad it does. But I'm only glad it does because I didn't pay for it. Like if this was funded with taxpayer money, 
I'd be fuming. The thing is, it, it, not only that, it, it's it's the other thing is, even Netflix doesn't seem to want you to know that it exists. I know. I mean that, and that's the thing. Like, it's not in like the top, like the top ten, like at all. There was no promotion. Like, I had to search for it yep. on my Netflix. Yep. Um, and it, yeah. I mean, like, it's you know, the the awards chances have got have basically gone down the toilet. Like, it's got a chance at international feature, but that's that's about it, and that's a lot less than Netflix would have been hoping for. But it's just the thing is, I I think I gave it four out of five on Letterboxd because I enjoyed my time with it. But would I necessarily recommend it to anyone? I don't think so. I think just as a f- weirdly engaging, very funny for the wrong reasons, look at just excess and just a dickhead whining about him about shit. Well, I, it's I watched it without something. Becky. It's something. Yeah, I watched it without Becky. Um... Uh, and then recommended it to Becky and said, I really do think you should watch Bardo because it, it's really something. Um, and she's about halfway through it and she's really enjoying it. <laughs> so it's the thing is, um, if, if, if Netflix are going to go, do you know what? We don't just want to invest in American movies because when we are an American company, but all of our customers aren't American customers and you know there's a simple fact of the matter is when you do the math there are more spanish people speaking people in the world than there are english speaking people in the world so having a spanish speaking movie by a mexican director it kind of makes sense (laughs) i don't know what the i don't know what the 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 percentage is of spanish speaking netflix account holders but there's a little bit of do you know what maybe we aren't seeing this because it isn't being marketed. Maybe in fucking Mexico, this is the number one fucking movie and they're fucking laughing around like they're watching a new Top Cat. Who fucking knows? <laughs> but, yeah, I, give me this. If every couple of years Netflix could just give someone fucking random just a bit of a blank check and go, go make an indulgent fucking madhouse, I'd be all right with that. We know they're not going to anymore because they don't have the money. Well, no, they don't have the money. They don't have the, the risk now uh, but yeah fuck it why not I had a good time with Bardo <laughs> we'll never watch it sure. again but yeah fuck it but, but that's because it is just so long but it's fun yeah yeah definitely not shit but in a odd way <laughs> definitely not shit but Honestly, watch the trailer. It's two and a half hours of that. <laughs> Fair. Geostorm, 100%. <laughs> oh, there you go. That, oh, that's funny. Um, all right, cool. Cool. Okay. So, uh, let's talk about some uh, what we've been watching then. So, Mark, what have you got on the docket this week, sir? Uh, so, obviously, I spoke about Avatar. Um, so, I've only got a couple of other ones because it's been, you know, we've, we've watched a lot of, like, long movies for <laughs> the main show. Yep. Uh, so, I, I re-watched, um, and it's a couple of Christmas rewatches because, obviously, it's Christmas. Um, I rewatched Home Sweet Home Alone. Um. Because I watched this last year and was kind of a little bit like, 
do you know what? It's a bit shit, and the kid is really fucking irritating. Like, to the point of where he's not charming irritating. He's just a fucking dick. Um, and I, you know, you hope that he dies. Um, and but, but I kind of enjoyed the the Christmas element of it and got enough out of it and found Ellie Kemper and Rob Delaney uh, sort of charming enough that I, I, I got enough out of it. Um, and then rewatching it this year, I was I didn't get the same charming out of Ellie Kemper and Rob Delaney. And the kid annoyed me even more. And I was watching it going, I really wish that kid would die. Um, it's it's really just like... It, it has none of the charm of Home Alone. And I don't even think the sequels for Home Alone have any of the charm of Home Alone. It, it, it is very much a, a series of movies that effectively has one good movie um, in it. But yeah, this is it's not very good. And I, I, I know that next year I'm going to go... Ah, fuck it, I'll give it another watch, and it'll probably go even further down in my estimations. But yeah, it's it's just bad. It's just a bad movie, and I can see why they sent it straight to streaming rather than actually attempting to even try to release it at the cinema. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, fucking hell. That, that Archie Yates kid, I mean, shit, just... He's not done anything since this, apart from a voice thing. And he did, like, Jojo Rabbit and this in the space of a short period of time. And it's probably because he's very annoying. Um, yeah, I mean, that that's that's a kid who, like, as soon as he enters adolescence, will not be uh, camera-ready anymore. Yeah, he's... Yeah, it's... What a piece of shit. Um, what's not a piece of shit, though... Um, and fast becoming one of my, you know, like like one of my, I will defend this on the hill till I fucking die. Movies is Holiday. Uh, uh, I like Holiday. Holiday's Holiday's all right. Yeah, Holiday is a fucking great time, um, and it's now it's the fourth time I have watched this movie, and it came out in twenty twenty. Um, yeah. And it, I, I, I genuinely because Bex keeps arguing saying, but it's not technically a Christmas movie. I'm like, no, it starts at Christmas and it fucking ends at Christmas. I'm calling it a Christmas movie. Um, but it is just, it's very charming, and I, I, I personally find Emma Roberts quite charming in general, anyway. But Luke Brace is very mm-hmm. fun in it, um, and Jessica Capshaw's a lot of fun in it, and it's just a. It's it's what these type of movies should be. So, you know, would if this had come out the cinema, I got to see it at the cinema. Would I have liked it? Yeah, I probably would. But a lot of people would have been a little bit like, "What the fuck is this movie?" Um, but it's if you've got if if movies are getting made for streaming services, this is about the level that I I I hope for is that they're just really fun and charming and have a little bit of a spin of something different on them and this does it's a it's a rom-com that isn't as schmaltzy as it could be um and you know isn't a 12a but is also set around christmas it's a fucking good time this holiday and i did do genuinely look forward to watching it every year <laughs> 
Nice. And that is it for me, because obviously I watched Avatar as well, which is like fucking three hours long. <laughs> okay, no worries. Cool. Uh, what so you been I've got catching? A, yeah, I've got a few things. Uh, so I, uh, in terms of uh, Christmas uh, adjacent movies, uh, rewatched the night before. Um, I'm looking forward to watching this. Just, yeah, just remains incredibly fucking funny. Um, the Seth Rogen thread in that of just doing all the drugs is incredible. Just like it's such a good bit where they're like, "Have you got any weed?" and he like pulls out this blunt. He's like, "You only got one blunt." And he's just like, "Yeah, uh, she." Uh, she did, never really the proportions are all wrong. All the, all the proportions out of whack. <laughs> it's fucking brilliant. Um, and just when he's doing the mushrooms and he's um, the freaking out about the baby and he's just like doing the video recording. He's like, "Fuck you, baby. Fuck you, cunt." Um, it's it, it it's when, great when he's fucking trying to act not fucking high. He's trying his not high yeah. face. Yeah, 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 yeah. I it, it, it that that stuff's gold. I mean. Bit of a shame that at the centre of it you've got uh, JGL and um, like just again playing uh, infatuated with a woman, but he's kind of a dickhead and she can do better. <laughs> um, which is kind of JGL uh, on screen, uh, but yeah, I like it. And Michael Shannon is the uh, the magical drug dealer is uh, good times. Um, so, uh, watch the holiday, uh, not holiday, the holiday, uh, which is one that we basically watch every year at this point. Um, it, it's fun, bobbins. It's good love, actually. There you go. Do you know what? That um, is the perfect explanation for it. The holiday is actually a really fucking fun movie, and I think that it should be a little bit higher up in people's lists. Yeah, same. It, yeah, absolutely same. Uh, not a Christmas film, but try uh, and get to. Sorry, I'm gonna try and get to the holiday, but it might be one of those ones where I'm allowing myself to watch Christmas movies between Christmas and New Year because I just don't have the time at the moment. So I'm I'm allowing myself that sort of week of grace to stay within the Christmas spirit. Yeah, nice. I mean, I'm 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 slowing down a bit, if I'm honest. Like, I don't think I'm getting to Krampus this year, but I, th- I feel like I'm maybe slightly Krampused out and could do with a year off. We we have um, tradition. We have a tradition Krampus watch, so we watch it together all together on the twenty third and get a takeaway. So it's kind of like a if yeah, I yeah. if I suggested and said, oh, maybe we don't watch Krampus this year. I think I would get maybe you don't watch Krampus this year and you sit in the fucking shed, dickhead. Nice. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like I got Elf and Christmas Vacation 4K discs to watch and Muppet Christmas Carol with the added musical number back in it on Disney Plus. So I've got I've got a few I still need to get through, and we're we're entertaining uh, for a uh, in a couple of nights in in the next few days. So it's gonna be uh, gonna be a tweet squeeze. Um, and I got Scrooged as well. I need to get Scrooge done. So yeah, fucking hell. Um, so uh, yeah, but uh, wintry but not Christmas. I rewatched the thing. Um, so. Uh, the 4K disc of it looks uh, uh, tremendous, as you would expect. Um, the thing is great. It is perfect for what it is. I feel like this might be the last time I watch The Thing. Um, it is a great film. It is a very bleak film. And this is the first time I've watched it since having Kiki. And there is some uh, dog stuff in this film that I just uh, can't uh, deal with now. Uh, so yeah, there, there you go. It just, as I get older, I'm becoming more of a wuss when it comes to horror and just like, especially like 
apocalyptic stuff. And, you know, with the state of the world at the moment, and it kind of feels like we're in the bad timeline at points, things like The Thing don't feel like escapism horror. They just kind of feel like, well, this is just the natural course of how things are going, isn't it? Um, so, uh, yeah, The Thing. Um, but it's it's brilliant. It just It's a film I probably don't need in my life. Which, to be honest, is is kind of the case with a lot of Carpenter, like in the mouth of madness, Prince of Darkness. Uh, those those are films that it's like, yeah, I could probably happily live my life not watching them again, despite the fact that I think they're brilliant. Um, but there, there you go. Uh, the ones you're probably going to keep and rewatch just... are probably going to be things like Big Trouble and uh, Escape from New York and bits like that. Yeah. And even like Halloween, and yeah. I don't know why, but I just find that I find that film quite a weirdly comfortable watch, and I think it's because I just know it and I'm so familiar with it. Um, but yeah, there we are. Uh, okay, so um, oh shit, last one. Uh, so I rewatched Nope, um, and so 4K disc of this looks fucking tremendous. Uh, my word. That is a transfer and a half. Um, and this film, I get it now. Um, the gaudy stuff, I understand why it's there. Um, and I know this may sound very obvious to people, but first time round, I just did not click into the whole they're exploiting this animal like Stephen Ewan is trying to exploit the alien and the uh, the lead characters are not necessarily trying to exploit the alien, but they're essentially trying to become famous by getting photographic proof of a UFO. And the whole thing of it is do not stare at it. Do not, do not, essentially all these things, the, 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 the Gordy, the horses, the alien, they're wild animals that, you can only tame up to a certain point. Yeah. And I get that. It's it's exploitation. The whole, uh, the image of the black man on the horse thing, like that black man who's, nobody knows his name. He was exploited. It's, it's all about exploitation, but it's also this film where it's like, but I'm going to tell, tell you all of this in the biggest spectacle way possible, which, and I mean like in the making of really good 50 minute long making of, Jordan Peele says himself, this is a film about how much I love movies, but how much I hate movies as well. And it's like, yeah, you you can actually feel that conflict in it. With all that, this film went up from a 7 out of 10 to a 10 out of 10 for me. Oh, I think this film is... Yeah, this film is exactly what Jordan Peele wanted to make from start to finish. It is a very singular vision. Um... And it still remembers to be exciting. The third, like Donna, like didn't want to watch Nope because she thought it was like a horror film, and you know there are horror adjacent moments. I mean the uh, the alien basically pissing blood <laughs> all over its territory, the the house is a great dark comic horror moment. Um, but she watched the full like second hour of it and was in, like really really locked in. Um. And uh, and it was just because it's a really engaging watch and you want to see what's going to happen at the end. Um, and yeah, it, it's um, 
I think it's a hell of a film actually this time around. I really, really came around on it. Um, like Bullet Train. Nice. So, but but I wasn't really drunk the first time I watched this. So um, yeah, nope. Very, very good, and the disc is great. So yeah, there you go. And that is that. So let's move on to our last review of the week. Steven Spielberg's The Fablemans, uh, starring Gabriel LaBelle, Michelle Williams, Paul Dano, and Seth Rogen. Um, I'm not going to look at IMDb for this. It's about Spielberg, but his name's Fableman. Yep. Um, two and a half hours long. Starts with a wonderful Universal logo and Amblin logo mashup, which was, uh, uh, yes, please. I'll have more of that. Thank you very much. Great stuff. But Mark, the Fablemans, how'd you take to it? Um, it's a weird one, isn't it? It's quite a. It's. It's clearly like a very personal movie to Spielberg, and it's almost like he's going, right. Uh, I need to get this shit off my chest while I've still got the chance to get this shit off my chest, um, and so it's a. I don't know. Is there a bit where the pandemic's happened and he's thought it's made a lot of people, and especially kind of people of a certain age, kind of look at their mortality and go, "Do you know what? Yeah, if I have a passion project, I need to do it now." And he's done that. I think it's it's. Odd that I think that the the central performance uh, of uh, Gabriel Labelle kind of really holds the film together really quite well. I think he's very he's very very good in it, and I, I think it's strange the fact that um, of the awards buzz around the acting performances, it's Michelle Williams who's getting that. I I, I, mm-hmm. I think she's fine, but I do think she teeters towards um, being too. Um, too far to one edge of the piece. It's too OTT at points, and I get that the character is supposed to be OTT at points, but I do think it's a little bit too far. It's if you're going into it expecting what you would usually get from, or what what people expect to get from Spielberg, I think people will be disappointed. If you go into it. And you look at Spielberg's more introspective works, which there are ones out there. It's just people don't know what they're called because things like Indiana Jones and Jurassic Park exist. That it, it's it's quite a a love letter to the ingenuity of a filmmaker. So there's there's almost bits of going. Look, when I when I started out making films, you know, I was making films. You know, on on a Super Eight, this is how we did this, and this is how I did this, and this is how I did this, and I don't think it's it's him showing off as such. It's him just going, we had to be clever, and I was quite clever with it, and I, I'm kind of proud that I was quite clever with it, and I I really quite like that. It, it's it deals with the life dynamics quite well, but it's also if you're not invested in the the family dynamic of it, I could see why I can see why this film will struggle to make a huge amount of money is what I would say. 
yeah, it's 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 an interesting one. This, and I think what you were saying there about like people like uh, like maybe older filmmakers kind of like turning the lens in on themselves, like during the pandemic, I think is interesting. Like Spielberg said himself, if it wasn't for the pandemic, this probably wouldn't have happened. Oh, I, 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 um, didn't, I didn't know he'd said that, but yeah, I, I can you can yeah, I, think, I can yeah, absolutely no, see I mean, why uh, where he's coming from with, with that certainly. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I think that's just insightful, dude. And it, it, you know, I mean, it's like with Bardo as well. It's um, it kind of feels like if people weren't locked up, left to their own devices for so long, would they? Would they? Would he have made a film like Bardo? Yeah. Um, and um, uh, you know, I mean, it, the, the the thing is, and I'm, I'm I'm sounding a bit down about like the the the, the future of cinema and stuff on on today's show, and I apologise for that because I, I I do try not to be, and I think it's been an absolute banger year. Um, but I, I'm this film not doing well is just so unsurprising to yeah. me. Um, like I, 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 the thing is, I really, really, I, I like the Fablemans, and it's it's grown on me. But any, if you are someone who doesn't have that much of an interest in in cinema, you like you just watch movies if you think they look good. I don't know why you would like see the marketing for the Fablemans and go, yes, please. It's Spielberg basically doing a therapy session like Bardo is. But in they're, a Spielberg they're way. films in their intent there. But it, yeah, but it's done in a Spielbergian way where you get that love of the movies and his love for both his parents, but the difference between them and, you know, uh, that all that kind of inspirational stuff. But it feels like a film made for LA. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, it is interesting. I was listening to the Director's Cut podcast where it was um, Spielberg and PTA. It's a really nice conversation. And PTA was saying, like, oh, my kids like finished watching this film and they, they were like, oh, you know, I, I, I want to pick up a, my phone, a phone and shoot something now. And like Spielberg was like, yeah, I mean, that's the kind of thing I'm hoping for. And it's like, that, that's lovely. But that's Paul Thomas Anderson's kids saying that. Like, I, 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 you know, I mean, Lottie wouldn't sit through the Fablemans, and I know she wouldn't. But to be honest, I wouldn't expect a fifteen-year-old to her to sit through it either. Would I expect PTA's kids to? Maybe. But I, so I, I just, I don't, and I think Noel said similar in our in our chat as well from when he watched it. it was just like, who, you know, who's it for? other than people who already have a, an interest in film and the the answer is probably no one no. and and that's that's absolute like i do and i liked the film and a large part of it is because of that but you know i mean like the last scene of the film is an absolute banger yep but if you said to anyone who doesn't really know anything about films what the last scene of this film would be they'd be like what <laughs> Yeah, I, I would also say if if you said to anybody who doesn't know that much about films, and that's not a criticism um, for people who don't, you know. Oh God, no, 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 no criticism yeah. at all. I, like, if anything, I'm criticizing the the, the, the film for being as insular yeah. as it is. If, if, Sorry, if, if you said to them, "Who's that guy sat there?" Not only who is that guy sat there, who is the guy sat there, and who is the actor playing that guy sat there? Most would go, "I, I, I don't know either." And if you went. It's John Ford, it's David Lynch. Most would go, all right. Who? who? There would be an element of that. And and, and that's fine. Yeah, yeah. But but there's also 
there's another way that I, because I, I was thinking about that, and I, and I, I do absolutely agree with you. But there's also another point of it. Of do you know what? That's that's all right though. In the same way as the guy who is the most listened to artist on Spotify, I have never heard of, and I can't even remember his name now. And he's been the most listened to artist on Spotify the past two yeah. years running. And I, I, I have no idea who he is. He does not exist in my universe. But he clearly exists in a lot of other people's universes. So I think there is room for all these things. It's just this movie is not going to... It, if this movie was made by, I, I think, somebody else, weirdly, and it was just a movie about the love of cinema... I think it might connect a little bit different. You might be able to release it in fucking March or April or something like that and get a little bit of a buzz going for it. But it isn't. It's the new Steven Spielberg movie. And he's hmm. he's becoming... It's not even like he's becoming... I think there's a... There's a weird, like... There's Steven Spielberg, the director... Steven Spielberg, the director in name, and then there's Steven Spielberg, the director in actual, and they're two slightly different kind of things. He he's been quite scattergun across his career in an odd way. That there are movies within his career that you that people have completely forgotten exist, and that uh, mm. when you think about Spielberg, you think Jaws, you think. E.T., you think Saving Private Ryan and um, and Schindler's List is his, like, prestige bits. But nobody fucking thinks about, like, The Colour Purple. Or Always, for instance. You know, Always, he made the same year as Indiana Jones' Last Crusade. Even, like, hardcore Spielberg fans will probably forget that if they're trying to list all of Spielberg's movies. It's just, I mean, the, in the past sorry, five go. years, he's made The Post, Ready Player One, West Side Story, and The Fablements. It, it's a bonkers four movies back to back. And the movie made before that was the fucking yeah. BFG. I, yeah, I mean, I, it. it's it's a film, I'm really, really glad that Spielberg got to make it. Um, but... I do slightly feel like there's a changing of the guard is gonna is is gonna be happening. I mean, obviously, like Spielberg's getting into his eighties, and um, you know, that a lot of these a lot of these big directors are are getting older, um, and it just it feels like a film that would have been a bigger deal twenty thirty years ago. Yes. but it's just because. Films themselves are—it's not a—it's not a monoculture anymore. There is so much out there fighting for attention that a film that is so into films and in, 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 into the wonder of cinema as this is, and you know, like Sam Mendes has got Empire of Light coming up, which like feels similar, but also has some like um, social issue stuff going on in it as well. It, these are 
and, and and weirdly enough, I mean, like White Noise, Noah Baumbach's film. It's like these are and Bardo. These are all films where it feels like these directors are not going to get these chances to do these films again. No, I, but I think uh, like the, the, you have these um, these kind of like peaks and troughs that you that you have with with, with cinema um, tend to happen quite a lot where you get the the director of star things that happened quite a lot. You know, you had the seventies where it was it was very much it was the you know the age of the auteur, and you know it, people are often surprised um, that a lot of you know like that people like Scorsese and Spielberg and De Palma and uh, Peter Bogdanovich and, and people like this were getting you know the, the movies they're making weren't like indie movies. There was like studio pictures, you know. Mm. And then the eighties, you know, Spielberg uh, and George Lucas kickstarted. You know, the eighties was very much the age of you know excess and the blockbuster. But we were still having like interesting movies were getting made within that time. You still had freaky making things like To Live and Die in L.A. Uh, and the eighties are littered with you know quite interesting movies, um, fucking Manhunter uh, and bits like that. Then the nineties, you know, it, it, it kind of looked back on the seventies, and you had, you know, the directors exploded again. It seems like, you know, they they tried to do that a little bit in the noughties with the the horror directors, but then it, it, everyone found out that they were a little bit shit. Um, you, you, the weirdness of it is, we, we kind of have had that a little bit, but it's like you say the. There's so much noise out there now nowadays, or not even that. There's so much noise out there. The noise is so you can you can hear it so much easier because it's if if a film gets announced or a new album gets announced or fucking anything gets announced as is going to happen, everybody can know about it within fifteen seconds. Whereas you used to have to find out about it on a weekly basis in a a magazine or a fucking you know watching you know a, a weekly magazine TV show or anything like that. Nowadays, it's not. It's within fifteen seconds. It's out there, and within an hour, there's opinion pieces. Within two hours, there's video reactions. And because that can happen so quickly, um, by the time the you know the day's out, there needs to be a new news story. So things don't have enough time to kind of settle and permeate. You know, fuck it. We, we're both from a generation that remembers how fucking big a deal Jurassic Park was. You know, mm. and that was, you know, th- there was like news segments about it. There was... You know, an entire morning dedicated to the to, to it getting released uh, the following week on like kids TV shows. It was a fucking huge deal, and it's it, you know you don't tend to have that as much. Um, and the Marvel films did it a little bit, but the, the thing is, there seems to be a little bit of a the fact that Marvel have screwed the pooch the past two years seems to create this little bit of a vacuum where no one quite knows how to fill it apart from Tom Cruise. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but I mean, 
getting like the the film itself mm. um like i mean we've we've talked about the film as an abstract concept uh, representing the future of cinema as opposed to the film itself yeah. which is uh, led by me so apologies but yeah i mean like i think gabriel labelle is is great um super super impressive uh, performance as a young spielberg i mean the like how stressful that must have been for him i i can't even but i, I think he did well michelle williams um at first I thought was, uh-oh, what is this? And then it just, like, it's quite simply revealed. It's just like a manic performance. She's just stuck and she doesn't know what to do. And she's trying to find something in li- in, in her life that just gives her a pep in her step. And it's not necessarily her husband, but her husband's also very nice. So, like, what is that going to be? So I, I kind of twigged into that after a bit and uh paul paul dano didn't get as much to do as i thought he was going to if i'm honest but i think um, that that's intentional in the fact that it, it, it's playing to the fact that he was just a he was a workaholic who wasn't really there that much so within the movie he's not really there that much and the only time he is all he's ever talking about is work yeah, and, and like the whole kind of like, well, you know, you should see things from my point of view kind of thing. You know, it's, I don't know, it's interesting. I kind of saw a little bit of myself in there in terms of how I work and like I, uh, I'm i an advice monster I discovered in a course earlier this year. And I kind of felt like, okay, yeah, that's a bit like Paul Dano in this, which I thought was interesting. Um, but um yeah, like Seth Rogen again, not in it that much. I mean, disappears from the film based like completely, um, and is is fine. He's Seth Rogen, but a bit more chill. Bex which is said, fine. Bex said about this, um, you know, he can do all um, he can do all the dramatic performances he wants. He can do all the introspective films uh, and the non-comedy roles that he wants, but he will never not have that laugh. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, it is there, and it always makes me smile. But again, again, like for this, I'm like, oh, it's nice that Seth Rogen got to work with Spielberg. Like that's like that's kind of what I come away from this film. Like it's nice that Spielberg got to do this, and it's nice that the people in it got to work with Spielberg. And I re I, like I really liked it, and it it it's obviously in love with filmmaking. It's full of good shots. It's got a nice low key John Williams score. I I suppose just out of it, I just think like, but of course, yeah, which is a dick thing to say, but it's just kind of how I feel about it. And that's it. It, 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 it should be. But I think it's a lot better than anybody will give it credit for. But everybody will give it enough credit in a, in a weird way. Um, there's a... Like I say, I, I thought the... The just... His... The character Sam's sort of life and the fact that he's... His reactions to viewing these things. Like when, when he works out... Um, editing the, the video together. Um, shit, my mum's having an affair with the guy who is my dad's best friend. And the way he deals with that is quite interesting. And the way he deals with being bullied at school, it it all feels... 
it feels like Spielberg is giving you a a bit of a right. The this might have happened. This did happen. This might have happened. This did happen. But there's also an element of it that I don't. I do feel like it's it's a very glossy version of. I I, I I've said this before on the podcast, but I, it always bothers me when. You've got period pieces, and the clothes look like it's the first time they've ever been worn. It shouldn't sure. look like yeah, that. Yeah. And there is an element to this that it has no depth of, of. It doesn't feel like they've lived in that place. It feels like they've visited that place for the day to pretend they lived there, uh, which is disappointing because it's Steven Spielberg. But I have had that feeling about a few of his because he's done a lot of period movies recently, and they all mm. feel a little bit like, "Yep, that's the first time that jacket's been worn, and it might never get worn again." Mm-hmm. But it's a good film, and the end scene is an absolute stone cold fucking banger. Yeah, it is. It really is, and just that the last shot as well. <laughs> yeah, with like. The jerky motion up to the horizon. It's a lo- lovely, lovely, I, playful little thing. Yeah, I barely laughed and clapped at that. And, and apparently Spielberg is originally going to do, it was going to be the original shot, and then Spielberg himself was going to say cut. And it's like, I'm glad they went with this. I'm glad they went with that. It, it's such a, uh, you know what, well done. It's a, yeah. It, it it's not as much a, I, it weirdly, I don't think it's as much a love letter to cinema as such, more a love letter to the obsession with a craft, with almost like it's... He keeps saying in the film, it's not a hobby. But at the time, it kind of... It, it, it was. But I get the fact that the character doesn't see it as a hobby. He sees it as almost a, an obsession. And that mm. that's cool. You know, the... Him sat there um, earlier on in the film where he's he's editing it together and he's taking the reels and he's he's writing it down on it like that. You watch it going, this is fucking brilliant. It's the it's somebody just getting that obsessed with something that that, that they are that they are building skills for the future, and that you can you can totally get the right. Yeah, I bet Spielberg was like that, and that is why he was like this. He was. Seen as like a prodigy, um, when you know when when he burst onto the scene doing TV work. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I it, it, I don't know. I'm just like I'm. I'm just very. That's nice. Yeah. About the whole thing. Yeah, I am as well. I, I think it's quite nice that it's nice. Yeah. Definitely not shit. Like, really definitely not shit. But I, I, I'll be honest, it's not going to be... It's not going to be in my top ten. I think it's a cracking film. Like, it just... It didn't speak to me as much as I could see it, obviously, speaking to a lot of people, and that's absolutely fine. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I like that. I, it's a definitely not shit. Uh, it's a four out of five movie for me. Um, but it, it'll be a four out of five that isn't near my um, top ten. And I'm kind of all right with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know, I am. Um, it. 
As well, I don't think it feels two and a half hours long. Uh, no, no, no. I'd say, I, I, yeah, I agree. I agree. Whereas I think the other movies we watch do feel how long they are, but ne- not necessarily in a horrible way. <laughs> Good old Bardo. Fucking hell. That film is bonkers. Mm. Okay. What have we uh, what have we got questions wise? Um What the fuck is this? Um so uh, Dylan Black has responded um to the Pinocchio question from last week, but he's responding to it this week, and I need to read it out. So my question last week, I didn't part of question this week because I just forgot and I didn't have time. Uh, I've, I've watched a lot of movie today. Because um, effectively, actually, I watched the rest of Bardo this morning, then went to the cinema to watch um, Avatar, and then watched The Fablemans. <laughs> so, I've had a good day. I genuinely have had a good day. Yeah, I've really enjoyed yeah, my day watching play. films. Um but yeah, our question last week was um, who gets to have a crack at Pinocchio next and in which style? Um, and he's put Michael Flatley once again returning as Pinocchio. <laughs> uh, which, of course, Blackbird is out there now, isn't it? Oh, yeah. And I need to watch it. And I'm, I'm going to try and make time uh-huh. this week to watch it. Um, nice. Other question, Rick Kidd. Uh, The reason why I haven't watched it yet is because Becky hasn't been very well and I've not been that well and I want to watch it with a a clear mind. (laughs) Um, Rick Kidd, hope you all have a great Christmas. We hope uh, all of you have a great Christmas and thank you very much for that. Um, Absolutely. If you could give a Christmas gift to a movie character, what would it be and what would you give them? John McClane's shoes. (laughs) That's a fucking cracking shout. That's a really good shout, that. One, Just be more comfy. One gift to a movie character. Um, and But what is it? Um, I would give um, Jack Black's character from High Fidelity a copy of I Just Called to Say I Love You by Stevie Wonder. That's good. <laughs> Just because I think it would be fucking amusing. <laughs> Yeah, you're being a little stinker, fair yeah. enough. Yep. And it would be it'd be on vinyl too. Nice. Yeah. Uh that was all the questions we had this week. I, I did put that out quite late. Like I say, oh. I've had a, a busy old day. Yeah, fair enough. So, okay. What are we coming next So uh, Yeah, next week we've got uh, Glass Onion, a nine's out mystery, uh for between Christmas and New Year. A, a, Assuming we can record, because um, I'll be honest, literally the only day I can record next week is Thursday. Thursday, Thursday, Thursday. Let me have a look. Let me have a quick little look. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, try to think of what. Right, Thursday. What? Because days, days, and dates have no meaning at the moment, do they? Because yeah, because yeah. time doesn't exist. Uh, nope. Thursday. I can do Thursday. Twenty ninth. You can. Yeah, I can do Thursday. Yeah. Yeah, Thursday. All right, right, so we will do Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery. So uh, there's probably going to be a little bit of a lag between this show being released and the next show being released. So apologies. It is what it is. It's Christmas and New Year. Um, But yeah, Glass Onion. So we are a Pod Syndicate podcast. 
uh, Chin Stroker vs. Punter, Entertain Landfill, his film, her movie, The Rewatch Project. Go listen to like minded shows. Uh, we haven't done a Guy Ritchie this week, so I'm not going to promote the Patreon. No, we, we, we didn't. We, we, we oh. didn't feel like inserting another movie in when we had three beefy movies to watch. Yeah. Would have been would have been rough. Um, so that but you know, you can go to the Patreon. There's only like hundreds of hours worth of extra content on there. Yep. I'd imagine by this point, yeah, probably hundreds. Yeah. Um so uh yeah, that is gonna do it. Thank you very much, Mark. Thank you very much, Ian. Thank you very much, uh listeners. Uh Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. Yes, Merry fucking Christmas. Take care, stay safe, drive safe. Don't drink too much. You know, drink, but just not, not too, too much, yeah? And don't drink and drive. All right. And yeah, don't drink and drive, you fucking... And prick. please, check on Chris Rear, because no one still knows if he's alive or not. <laughs> no, he's just encased in ice in his car. Yeah. I still definitely do think that every year Chris Rear's kids have to check to make sure. Wait, is Dad dead? I'm not sure. Let's just check. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, bye. Bye.